Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Neverland Podcast. Do you have your pixie in your pocket? Well, I hope you do because you need to pull that pixie out of your pocket so you can fly along with me with your happy thought here to Neverland. Of course, before we get started, let me run through a few particulars. Remember to email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, NeverlandPCast. Follow us also on Facebook, Neverland Podcast. We have both a like page and a group. For group, of course, you'll do like facebook.com slash groups slash Neverland Podcast. And you can find both. There are updates that happen on both. In fact... If you have been following us on Twitter, if you have liked our page, uh, then you already know that we have an event that has just started on Friday that's going on right now, and you're going to hear all about it in this episode. What is this event? What do you think about this event? Well, if you want to let me know, you can also leave a voicemail at 816-226-6492. Remember, you can always join the Neverlanders. Go to neverlandpodcast.com. Find Neverlanders with an exclamation point there on the menu bar, and you can find out how to join the Neverlanders, become an official Lost Boy or Pixie. Why aren't there Lost Girls? Because, of course, girls are too clever. They don't get lost. Also, you will find our Patreon link, or simply go to patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast. If you like what I'm doing, want to help me uh, keep this thing going, because it does cost some money to do this. Uh, if you would like to help out with that, uh, if you you know, because I am doing this show for free for you. But, uh, of course, like I said, it does cost me. But if you want to, you know, throw it into a tip jar for me or something, go over to Patreon and give us some support. I really do appreciate it. All right, but now it is time to get going, and there were a couple of really big events that we really need to talk about. Your attention, please. Disney Movie News. I was designed. To save the world, people who look to the sky and see hope. I'll take that from them first. There's only one path to peace. Their extinction. I tried to create a suit of armor around the world. But I created something terrible. Artificial intelligence. It's called the Ultron Program. I'm sick of watching people pay for our mistakes. Isn't why we fight so we can end the fight and go home? Well, you amazingly failed. Nothing but our wit and our will save the world. So stand and fight. No way we all get through this. I got no plans tomorrow night. I'm always picking up after you, boys. We can tear them apart. From the inside. That's the best you can do! Ass. 
Yes, it is finally here. This was the opening weekend for Avengers Age of Ultron. I managed to see it a little early. I saw it on Thursday evening about 7 o'clock, or at least 7 o'clock central time. Now, I did miss out. There was uh, some events going on. Remember KC Cosplay? I spoke with them over at Planet Comic Con. I shared that audio with them. They were holding an event and all going and were dressed in costumes and everything. I've gotten to see the photos. It looks like they had a lot of fun dressed as the Avengers. But I figured I would just go and I took my wife with me and to see it Thursday. Now, I was kind of surprised I didn't get to see the Star Wars teaser in front of it. But I did get to see a very cool Tomorrowland trailer that I had not seen before, as well as a new Ant-Man trailer that uh, I had also not seen before. Unfortunately, did not see an Inside Out teaser or trailer or anything like that. I was kind of expecting to see all of those. But, uh, you know, you take what you can see, and uh, I tell you what, Tomorrowland just looks very interesting. They're still, you know, hitting the plot pretty good. Uh, there's definitely uh, some sort of weird conspiracy thing and uh, of hiding Tomorrowland's existence and some evil robots and uh, that look like humans and uh, a lot of really cool sci-fi high-tech gadgetry and weaponry and stuff like that. Tomorrowland looks excellent, but uh, we want to go ahead and we want to talk about Age of Ultron. Now, this, I'll go ahead and get it out of the way. This was a very cool movie. I'm not sure that I would say it's as good as the first Avengers film. I mean, I loved that one. I loved this one as well. But, you know, maybe not quite as good as the first one. Maybe. I don't know. But they're still both excellent movies. And, of course, this has a good returning cast. Robert Downey Jr., of course, returning as Iron Man or Tony Stark. Chris Hemsworth, of course, returns as Thor. Mark Ruffalo Bruce ba- as Bruce Banner. Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. Scarlett Johansson and Natasha Romanoff. Now, this is also, a, I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, Scarlett Johansson actually had just found out that she was pregnant when they started shooting. And there's actually a line of dialogue where uh, she mentions that she had been sterilized. And I, I kind of snickered to myself because I knew that she was actually pregnant at the time. So it's kind of funny that her character gets that dialogue. Uh, also, Jeremy Renner returns as Clint Barton or Hawkeye. Uh, in this movie, as I t- was talking about with Scarlett Johansson's character, the Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, and how she was talking about being sterilized. This movie deals a lot with uh, their past of a lot of these characters. Or in Thor's case, the future because... he's being an immortal sort of different character he's not human he reacts differently to this kind of psychic whammo that the scarlet witch is able to put on them which i'll get into that a little bit Uh, i don't want to spoil anything for you but uh we do of course have some more returning characters nick fury makes an appearance also you will find james rhodes war machine played by don Cheadle, making an appearance again Paul Bettany returning as Jarvis and also making an appearance as a character named Vision. For all of you Marvel fans, you were expecting this. Uh, for those of you who are maybe not familiar with the character of Vision, like my wife, you might be surprised. Uh, Kobe Smulders also returns as Maria Hill. And this is, I thought this was pretty cool. Anthony Mackie makes a return as Sam Wilson, also known as the Falcon. And Haley Atwell returns as Peggy Carter. A lot of people popping up in this. It was, it was a cameo haven. <laughs> Even, of course, Stanley makes a great cameo cameo appearance as well now this uh, this was very interesting okay so this deals with uh tony stark gets gets a vision from the scarlet witch uh scarlet witch and quicksilver as they actually are not called at any point during the movie but you'll see them with that you know that credit you know in the credit lines that the actors will be called those you know superhero names but they are just referred to as the twins and uh, or the maximoff twins uh of course that's ph and Wanda Maximoff. 
And they have had to skirt around that they're supposed to be mutants and their father is Magneto. They put them, you know, you really, if you saw Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week, it really went right in, you know, with Baron Strucker and everything and the experimenting on enhanced humans. And for anyone who didn't know, you would think that they were just two people that had been dealt with, uh, you know, experimentation and had been given powers through experimentation. Well, that's not the case. They are mutants in the regular Marvel Universe, and so you could also, those of us who are Marvel fans, would think, well, okay, well, they were probably found, of course, with their mutant powers, and Strucker and Hydra probably went in and maybe experimented with what the limits of their powers are, and, you know, maybe helped them stretch their powers a little bit, you know, maybe, of course, thinking to recruit them as agents of Hydra. In the beginning of this film, we see a major attack on Hydra by our Avengers. We get to have a little bit of fun with them, uh, see some different things kind of going on with the Hulk that they have now. The I guess we would call it the Lullaby Protocol, protocol where you know Black Widow is able to kind of talk Hulk down and calm him down to where he turns back into Bruce Banner. Very interesting, and it comes to play a lot in this movie. Uh, did some unexpected things where you know I do not recall in any comics where there's a bit of a you know, kind of a nice little sort of relationship that kind of grows between, you know, uh, Natasha Romanoff and Bruce Banner. But they kind of have a, they were kind of sweet on each other in this movie. And that did really help for her being able to calm the Hulk down to turn him back to Bruce Banner. And it does play well into the movie. It's a storyline I had not expected to see. Uh, there's also a very nice storyline with Hawkeye that I had not expected to see that I'm not going to tell you about because I don't want to spoil a interesting surprise. So I'll just leave that for you to go and check out. Uh, see, also, there was, you know, it's another fun kind of recurring joke uh, that you could take this in two different ways. But at the very beginning of the film, Iron Man drops a curse word. And I think this is a play on having Disney running the show a little bit behind Marvel. Because, you know, Captain America, of course, says, hey, language. And this becomes a running joke. And it is funny uh, because now everybody will poignantly say, gosh, darn it, or something like that. And Captain America always, of course, having to say, well, I'm never going to live this down, aren't I? Because they make it more of a joke that he said language, of course. Uh, and it is pretty funny. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, like Star Wars. Did they ever utter any swear words in Star Wars? And yet those are some of the greatest films of all time. Really, the language isn't necessary. And Captain America, it fits for him uh, being from maybe a classier time where people just didn't speak that way. It was not polite. Uh, and so, of course, him being the one to step up, it, you know, makes sense. But it also, I think you could take this as, well, what's wrong with him saying, hey, you know, maybe let's let's try to be respectful over the intercom or something, you know? Something, I know, I, a little part of me was just like, no, I'm okay with him actually trying to call everybody out on language. Granted, though, everybody's an adult in the Avengers, so, I mean, you're really, but, you know, I kind of liked Captain America stepping up and doing that, and him making, being made a joke of it's a little sad, but it also was very funny. So, but yeah, there's my soapbox on that. Uh, but, of course, the story deals in with here uh, finding that Loki's staff has been in the control of Hydra, and they've been trying to experiment with it, and, of course, as you would probably expect, there is something special on that little gem going on with Loki's staff. And, of course, Tony Stark managed to analyze this and managed to unlock the secrets of artificial intelligence, which apparently is a project he's been working on with Bruce Banner called the Ultron Project of some sort. 
creates, of course, an artificial intelligence, and everything does not work out like he would seem. Because, as I had mentioned before, when Wanda Maximoff does something to Tony Stark's brain, it gives, he gives a vision of the future of all of his friends and the Avengers dead, and he failed to do something to save them. So, with that little bit of fear, he you know goes overboard maybe a little bit and takes a, a step that ends up creating something that t- they didn't expect. And that's what a lot of the... Uh, the heart of this film was was the Scarlet Witch does get her hands, you know, her tele- telepathic hands, and uh, unle- unlocks the fear of each one character. And so it's very interesting to see them all deal with either a dark past or like Captain America, he's never really can come home from his war. Uh, it's very very interesting. The only one she doesn't get to, of course. Um, well, I won't tell you who she doesn't get to. It's a very kind of interesting, but uh, we'll just say he has a great line. It's like, uh-uh, no, I've had somebody running around in my mind before, and I won't let you do it. Uh, very interesting. But uh, they do give us some backstory for uh, the Maximoff twins of how they would have issues with Tony Stark and also why they would hate the Avengers. But then they, throughout the course of the film, they realize who the real enemy is and who the real bad guys are, and they they quickly switch sides. And there's a really great scene, of course, between Hawkeye and the Scarlet Witch of uh, kind of a good pep talk that uh, kind of turns her into a hero. Now, as far as unexpected things, they did do something very unexpected with one of the characters. But uh, I can see maybe the business reasons why they would do it because this character had made a very cool appearance in another film that is by another company. So maybe they're thinking, well, we'll just let that character go over there and do whatever. Um, <laughs> so, but I don't want to say any more. Overall, uh, this one is just wall-to-wall action. It, it, it barely slowed down except for like in the beginning having this you know fun little party of celebrating their victory over Hydra. And it has another point in the middle where it kind of gets slows down and deals with some some interesting character growth for everybody. Uh, one of the things that's great with jo- Joss Whedon is he does allow each character to stand on their own. It's very ensemble. There's no one character who is like the main star of these Avengers movies. It's really, really well done. Felt at times that it was almost like a in-between for what we know is coming with Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Gems. Uh, there's quite a nice little vision given where Thor does kind of look in the future and see this sort of thing coming and we see sort of a misty view of Thanos and even the hidden scene at the end of the first run of credits pretty much gives you what you were already expecting but it's still really cool to see and I still kind of got chills seeing it coming to life unfortunately nothing at the very tail end of the scrolling credits so you don't really have to stay but if you want to stay and just to see who all the people who were who worked on this movie that's a very cool thing plus also listen to the music it was done by both Brian Tyler and Danny Elfman and they did do a lot of uh, bits from the Alan Silvestri score they did jump back to the Avengers theme so it was nice to hear that come back in every once in a while overall lots of fun big popcorn movie uh, lots of really believable effects amazing things happening in this movie really good character drama going on character growth uh you're really going to enjoy this movie i definitely recommend it highly to see it not just once but see it again and again and also keep an eye out for andy circus he's not he's not in there very much but andy circus always makes a great appearance as whatever character he's playing when he appears in a movie and of course we're looking forward to whoever it is he's playing in the next Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. Pardon the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. 
Would you like to hear the latest in Marvel television film, video games, and comic books? Or are you looking for some ideas on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day? Well, join Mike and Eric on Mighty Marvel Geeks every Saturday night on Sorcerer Radio and every Sunday on the Weeby Geeks Network for all things Marvel. There is a matter that requires your attention. Mighty Marvel Geeks, assemble! All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Okay, one more order of business before we get into uh, some really, really fun content that I have in store. Pre-comic book day was May 2nd. Unfortunately, I had to work. Uh, it's going to be the normal run of things. I'm expecting I'll probably be working about six days a week anymore. <laughs> so I wasn't able to go out myself early on in the day, but Heather did go out and pick up some uh, some comics for me. And I did manage to go out later after I had completed uh, quite a bit of work and a lot of walking. Uh, boy, I tell you what, being a mail carrier is a rough job. But I did manage to pick up some more titles out there. I uh, managed to find, uh, my goodness, they had some SpongeBob comics, some Doctor Who comics... Uh, did pick up, though, the Secret Wars previews, uh, and also Secret Wars number zero, and also a, a preview of Avengers, um, which is apparently is going to be how the Avengers will look after the Secret War has completed. Uh, the Secret War, of course, is going to be the main Marvel Universe, and the ultimate Marvel Universe, which was started... But probably about 2000, something like that, where they thought, well, we need to reintroduce the characters in a way for people who are not familiar with them to maybe not have to worry about everybody's backstory, and they wanted to start from scratch with a lot of characters. And the Ultimate Universe really did take a life of its own. In fact, they even had suddenly a different Spider-Man, a guy by the name of Miles Morales, which, oh, so what's happening in the Secret Wars? It's combining the two worlds uh, with a collision course that they're thinking is the end of the world in you know, between the Marvel Universe and the Ultimate Marvel Universe. But apparently it's, they're going to be eventually combined and Miles Morales is going to be sticking around and will be joining the Avengers uh, along with a few other kind of younger characters because there's a new Ms. Marvel coming along and uh, the, the newer, younger Nova will be part of the Avengers we have now learned. So I thought that was very interesting. This, though... This looks like a major Marvel event that will just shake up everything, which Marvel likes to do at least once a year. And sometimes they drive us regular readers crazy, and sometimes they really excite us, and sometimes, it's most of the time, actually, it's a little bit of both. But I hope you all enjoyed your free comic book day. I know Jesse managed to get out there and pick up a few things, and if you were following on our Facebook feed, Jesse was out there posting. He put out a picture. He had a heck of a long line to wait in to get in there to get those free comics. I didn't quite get everything I wanted. There was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and a Tick comic I really hoped to get, but apparently it went quickly, so I didn't get those. So if anybody would like to tell me what the, how those books were or what those books were about or something, you know, I'd appreciate it. Send me an email or something or, or contact me on Twitter and tell me all about it. Would love to hear it. But yep, that was Free Comic Book Day, and I hope you all enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. And now I have a very special announcement to make. Disney music fans, the time has come. It's the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. Your vote will determine this year's top five Disney songs. Vote now at poll.neverlandpodcast.com. That's P-O-L-L dot neverlandpodcast.com. And listen to the Neverland Podcast to see which Disney band rises above the competition.
Okay, Neverlanders, we are about to have a big event. I mean, I've got people building stages around here, and so there's stagehands going everywhere. And uh, uh, we're, we're trying, we're deciding if we don't know what we want to go standing room only for this, or have seats, or whatever. And there's all the logistics and of, of of being safe about this. We don't want anything, you know, going wrong here because we're about to have the biggest concert series you have ever seen in Neverland history. And I should know because I live here part time. But when I'm not here in Neverland, I have another home out in Disney, Indiana, so I had to bring in the high muckety-mucks to help out with this. So everybody say hello to Scott and Tracy. Yay! Yay! Where's craft services? I'm a little hungry after all this moving equipment around. Uh, well... Oh, oh no, that's what I forgot. The caterers! Oh, man. I, see, I've never put on a concert like this. I was thinking about getting Wayne and Garth because I know, I've heard that they put one together once before, and all they had to do was get the bands, and everybody would just show up. That's they, uh, I guess a naked Indian told them that. So I was, I thought that's all I had to do was book the bands. And then, so you're, you're planning your concert after Wayne's World two? Uh, well, I just thought it was something I should was meant to do. We do have a lot of Indians around here, and so they they thought it was a good idea, and they're the ones that say, "Yeah, we would attend." And so I thought that was the same thing, and it worked pretty well in Wayne's World too. Was that not a good idea? Well, you you got all those here, all these people breaking their backs, moving stuff around, and, you, and there's nothing for us to eat here. Uh, not even a Mickey bar. Wait a minute! Um, I, I had I Mickey bars at one point. Where's the stash? Uh, Why don't we just talk to Lumiere and the rest of the uh, castle staff? They can whip something up pretty quick. Exactly. There we go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> chop, chop over there. Hey, get food. Okay. Veet, veet. <laughs> exactly. Well, we usually we do have some fruit in the trees. Uh, it might have some weird effects. It might look like an apple, but it may taste a little weird and different because this is the land of imagination. Show about anybody somebody can think of has probably grown on one of these trees. So you know, grab a, a snack and uh, hope for the snows best. Snowsberries. I see snowsberries. Oh yes. I'm going over to the, where the snow's been falling because I'm sure there's a Mickey bar tree over there. Oh, I'll bet so. <laughs> if the penguins haven't eaten them all, so. Lousy penguins. Yeah. <laughs> With ice. With ice. Yes. You might make some pretty good slushies, but don't eat the yellow ones. Although I hear they're just lemonade. <laughs> so, but, uh, oh, so this concert series is, we're going to call it the Neverland Battle of the Disney Bands. Woo-hoo. This is going to probably go all summer long. Uh, but we, what we've done is we've sent out for auditions all over the place for all these Disney songs that are, you know, Disney songs take on a life of their own, don't you think? Oh, definitely. See, well, I've kind of found out that when you bring them into Neverland, sometimes it's almost literal. So we're going to have them assemble some bands, but they need everybody's help. By going out to the, this is a brand news page, and some of you, maybe if you've been to NeverlandPodcast.com, you might have seen over in the far right corner, there's a little menu thing called that says poll, P-O-L-L. Well, I've built a new page to add on to NeverlandPodcast.com, and it'll be poll.NeverlandPodcast.com. And starting May 1st is when this is beginning. This is going to go all month long for the starters. We're going to start assembling bands, but you have to choose the members for each. And basically then that we have four categories and a bunch of songs of each one of those categories, and you are going to choose your favorite four 
from each category. And uh, the voting, uh, I don't know if I've set this up, but I think I've got it set to where about every five minutes you could come back and vote. I think that was the what I was aiming for. I've had Steve Swanson from the Muppet Cast help me out with this. For any of you who might have uh, participated in the Muppet Tournament, uh, he's become a real pro at setting this up. So big thanks to Steve Swanson for helping me out to set this up. But we have four categories, so you'll pick your four songs and vote. And you can come back and vote as much as you want throughout the month and tell other people to come and vote for theirs. I do have some previews for the songs. I had to do some hunting for some of them. That way, if you don't know what a song is, you can go and hear it. And then by the end of May, the four top performers out of these groups will be put together as a band. And then in June, the band competition will begin, and that will be more time for you to come and vote for your favorites. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully this is going to be uh, as much fun as I think, at least. But we've got some, we've got these great songs in here, and uh, so to help me kind of read them off and talk about all these different songs and different categories, Scott and Tracy have come over from Disney, Indiana to help with this, because if they can run a town, they can certainly help me run an event like this, right? <laughs> You'd think. You'd think, but we have Mortis in our town, so. Yeah, and. He's an extra challenge. And I hear he won't even let you rent out the theater for to have local bands play. That's kind of No, weird. so, you know, this this is going to be all new to us, and. We actually spend most of the time fishing him out of the fountain anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so the first category that we have is the what I call the Disney 90s Renaissance movie songs. Well, animated movie songs, of course. Uh, so we have a pretty good list, and... Uh, of course, we only have the ones that showed up. You know, not every every song from the '90s managed to get here. We have 16 songs in here. Uh, we have a group here from Aladdin. We have a friend like me, One Jump Ahead, Prince Ali, and a Whole New World. And I thought, uh, hmm? I, thought I saw a magic carpet uh, parked over there. They must oh, yeah. have all rode in together. Oh yeah, and that magic carpet. Let me tell you, he knows how to rock. Although some people think he comes a little unwrapped, you know. Okay, I don't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> I think you've unraveled. I think I have. That one. Okay. Uh, so then also, uh, I'll let one of you two read. We have also from Hercules. We've got Go the Distance. I Won't Say I'm in Love, which is one I'm going to vote for. Oh, yes. One Last Hope, and one of my personal favorites, Zero to Hero. And then, okay, one of my all-time favorites... The Little Mermaid. I I used to watch that song or that song <laughs> that movie every day during the summer in my uh, my kind of you know preteen teenage years or whenever when that movie had come out. I just watched the daylights out of that. That and the Dark Crystal. I had to watch it like every day in the summer. Uh, but so we got four songs from there. Part of Your World, one of my big favorites. Under the Sea, Poor Unfortunate Souls, and Kiss the Girl. And also now from. Golly, it's a toss-up on which one's my favorite movie between the two, but uh, we also have from Beauty and the Beast. Yes, the first Disney Academy Award-nominated Best Picture right. animated film, Beauty and the Beast. We've got Belle. Of course, we have uh, Beauty and the Beast itself, uh, Be Our Guest, and The Mob Song. But you're, you're missing one of the best songs from Beauty and the Beast. Didn't you get anybody coming in from The Great White Way? And any other uh, Broadway stuff? I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe they didn't get the invitation. Could have been lost in the mail. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I only have the ones that showed up. For some reason, only 16 showed up in each category. I don't, I don't know. 
Well, I, you know, Gaston, I, I, I hear, although he did, you know, the ma- the mob song did arrive, I hear sometimes he's a little flaky because he's been spending a lot of time down there in Florida becoming very popular. So, you know, it's hard to book him sometimes to get them to show up. Yeah, and he's probably too busy admiring himself in a mirror. Probably. Or trying to read one of Bell's books that don't even have any pictures. Yeah, I know. I, I've never been able to figure the things out. I love comic books, and they all have pictures. You show me something without the pictures, I can't read it either. Well, so. when you when you sent these invitations out, did you send anything to Africa? Africa's a real place? Yes. It's just outside of Neverland. Whoa. Second star to the left, I think. Oh. Well, see, we never turn left because if we did that too often, we'd be in NASCAR. Or Albuquerque. <laughs> Or Albuquerque. Yeah. So, of these 16, do you guys have any personal favorites that you think are going to be your top performers? Oh, I've already mentioned mine. I won't say I'm in love from Hercules. Yeah. And I have a real soft spot for poor, unfortunate souls. Both very big contenders. Uh, i got to probably pull, if, if it wasn't for I won't say I'm in love, I, that's a big one on me. But part of your world is definitely one of my tops. So I, I, I fully expect the uh, the major want songs probably from the 90s renaissance <laughs> to be big contenders. Is there anything in there you think might be a surprise hit? Well, I think um, a friend like me is going to do really well. I'm curious to see how well the mob song does. Yeah. Our next category is Disney songs from live action movies. Now, uh, this, I, I've got stuff ranging from several decades. But we had a really big turnout from Mary Poppins because, let's face it, we had to. I mean, those are probably some of the best. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised for any one of these to be one of the top ones. But for Mary Poppins, of course, and I had to look out how to spell it, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Uh, Feed the Birds, of course. I, I do expect this one to do very well. Uh, it, even for people, if they're that, that's not necessarily their favorite song, it's just that what it meant to Walt will make a lot of people who just love Walt want to come and vote for that. I think, and then of course, Step in Time, one of my definite favorites, and Let's Go Fly a Kite, which is one of my favorites. I oh, love indeed. that song. Yeah, it is a great one. There's really you can't think of a bad song in Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's it's all good. Okay, we have a little bit of a more of a modern one. I, I'm I'm curious to see how this does because there's people who really kind of like it. And some people thought, you know, that was a pretty good movie, but uh, you know, I've heard a lot of some people mixed on it. I really enjoy it. It's not one of the best Disney movies ever, but it's a lot of fun. But Enchanted, I I, I like how that movie, the music, kind of starts in classic Disney and then moves to all the way through the movie. It's like the history of Disney music. Encapsulized in one movie. And you've got perfect examples there with True Love's Kiss being from the traditional Disney side along with Happy Working Song. Mm-hmm. All the, and then That's How You Know to me sounds much more modern. Yeah, it is. The next, song, the next one you have on your list is wonderful. Yeah. A Whale of a Tale from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It's only odd because it's like the only song I have from that movie. <laughs> That's Normally they brought their friends, but this one came by itself. But it's such a strong one, and not just well, because Kirk of Kirk Douglas. Douglas. Exactly. Us, yes. <laughs> How can you go wrong with Kirk Douglas? With with two, um, you know, singing about all the women. It's just it's great. <laughs> it is a great one. 
Uh, and of course, another kind of just one song. I'm sure there's a lot more songs in Summer Magic that I could have used, but this is I don't know this. I, I think this next one, Ugly Bug Ball, is was is a special one because my uh, my wife is being a biologist and she loves little bugs and she's uh, I don't think she's ever seen the movie either, but she really loves this song. So I was like, okay, I got to put it in there because it's and it's Burl Ives for crying out loud. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You gotta love it for that. I have to be honest. Hmm. I don't recognize this song at least from the title i would probably have to do the preview which i'm glad you you would definitely definitely recognize it oh yeah you it's going to be a good one we'll just have to see and then the next two songs of course is from my wife's all-time favorite movie Uh, she doesn't like the parent (laughs) one i babysat my net one of my nephews one summer and he played this movie over and over and over, and over, and did I mention over? <laughs> oh, so, and over again? <laughs> no, no offense to Haley Mills, but I've watched Parent Trap enough for the rest of my and life. And you get a double dose of it every time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm done. Yes, uh, yeah, that's one of the movies I haven't ever seen, and I'm not really a particular fan of. But it is some Sherman Brothers songs, yes. which. Yep. Make some pretty good contenders, and there might be some big fans out there. So we've got the parent print trap, and also let's get together. Now, okay, the next one. Have you guys ever seen In Search of the Castaways? I don't believe so. so is I this either. is this the? Um, I can't think of this. They're thing. not looking for Gilligan, are they? <laughs> wrong castaways. Yeah, wrong castaways. I don't know. If they're looking for uh, Tom Hanks, although they might have <laughs> been trying to cast him to play Walt. Uh, so they may have been looking for him. <laughs> okay, yes, that was a bad joke, but I had to squeeze it in there. Squeeze it like a bad coconut. Okay, but it's this great little song. And yeah, he's a famous uh, French performer, and I cannot think of his name off the top of my head, but enjoy it. Or as he says, enjoy Enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> and, yes, heard, definitely heard the song, but I've not seen the film. Yeah, I, I'll have to watch it just for that. I think I'll, although it is another Haley Mills movie, I believe, so maybe uh, Tracy should skip it. <laughs> And then I, I, I love the next uh, song that uh, showed up mm-hmm. you know, from, from a movie that never got made. <gasps> a crime. A crime. Yes, but, I want this movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a crime that Eddie Valiant should be investigating this. Exactly. <laughs> this only happens in the movies from what would have been Who Discovered Roger Rabbit, the sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Or actually the prequel. Apparently uh, this was going to be Jessica Meets Roger and... Was, it, was going, it was going to be that and also how Roger got his start in showbiz, that he was a uh, Broadway actor. And this is his, um, how he would have been discovered and brought to Hollywood. And if you'd like to learn more about what this movie would have been, I believe episode 100 is when yes. we discussed it. It was our Who Framed Roger Rabbit Spectacular, where we covered uh, potential sequels, including this film. Yeah, and I think the I first heard this song actually on your show, but I think it was episode number one or two that you actually played this song in there. I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. And uh, golly, it's sung by uh, Carrie Butler? Yes. And uh, she's actually got an entire album of Disney songs, which I need to still get a copy of, called uh, Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust. It's uh, wonderful. Yes, highly I, recommended. I've never seen The Happiest Millionaire, but it's a song called Are We Dancing?, and I really would like to see this movie. It sounds like it would, you know, the music just sounds great, and it is more Sherman Brothers, so you can't go wrong there. The Monkey's Uncle? Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's performed by Annette Funicello, of course. And the Beach Boys. It was, it was funny that no, uh, as many times as I had heard that song, because we have it, I didn't realize the Beach Boys were the ones singing with Annette Funicello until yep. you guys mentioned it on your show. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, they're, si- they're singing with her in this song. It's very early in their career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like when I after I had heard that on your show, I went back and listened to the song. I was like, how did I not know that was the Beach Boys? Yep. Oh, because you can tell. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's amazing that I felt so stupid yeah. after that. <laughs> yeah, once you once you hear it, there's no way of not hearing it. Right. And then, of course, golly, there's there's so many great songs actually in Peach Dragon, but I had to pick the best one. Candle on the water. I I have the similar story that Tracy has. Uh, I saw Peach Dragon in the theater at least a dozen times. The when this movie came came out, my both my parents were working. I had a cousin in town for college who was able to babysit us in the afternoon, and she took us to an old theater uh, when Pete's Dragon uh, was new, and we saw it at least a dozen times in the theater. But unlike Tracy in the Parent Trap, I love Pete's Dragon, and yeah, I so love much. Candle in the Water. Yeah. Well, I know that there's there's another uh, group of songs that I'm surprised didn't make the journey. Maybe it's because you know maybe Disney's never released them or something. I don't know. So, you know, some songs from down south. You know, some songs from the south. Hmm. They didn't seem to make it up here. Maybe is... they're still in their laughing place. That could be. Yeah. Maybe they've been locked up somewhere inside a mountain of water. Yes, maybe somebody ought to tell little Bluebird to land on their shoulder and tell him to make the trip to Neverland. Yeah, and in fact, make a whole trip out here where we can all share on those songs in the movie. We'll have to talk about that next week. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so do you guys have any particular ones that kind of stand out for you in this category that you think will be the top performers? Well, it's hard to vote against any of the songs from Mary Poppins. Yeah. So, and so we need to figure out what the fourth song's going to be. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah, because right, there are four songs from Mary Poppins that could you think might take the whole thing. I, I wouldn't actually be surprised if that happened. No, that wouldn't surprise me at no. all. I'll, although I have, I'm going to say I have to root for Whale of a Tail. Yeah, I do love that one. I would actually like to see my little dark horse that never got to see the light of day in a movie. This only happens in the movies. I, I, I mainly, I'm happy that this one showed up because I want to see this one explode when people maybe who've never heard of it before get a chance to hear that song and hear how good it is. And, uh, you know, if, if, if we can get Disney to just take notice of what maybe could happen with this song. What if this song went all the way to the top and won the whole thing, you know? That would just, I think, be enough push to where we could be like, see, look, you need to make this movie. <laughs> well, I know that uh, it will probably get some uh, voting from Disney Indiana. That's. I'm curious to see how well that's how you know will do. Because I, I don't know if a lot of older Disney fans would know that one. <laughs> Our third category. Disney classic animated movie songs. Now, technically, a lot of these songs could be considered classic even in through the 90s. But I was looking for more of like, uh, you know, early on up through the 60s. Um, basically, everything you'll find in this category is from Walt's time period. Walt was still, you know, actively involved in these films. 
And that just kind of worked out that way. I wasn't sitting there thinking, I'm only going to grab Walt movies. But uh, I did, just coincidentally. Uh, but all right, now... If uh, my buddy Philip's wife gets in, gets involved in this, I expect the songs from Cinderella to make a very big appearance because she loves that movie. But I did grab the music lesson, which is also known as Sing Sweet Nightingale, which is a great – I mean the, the voice of Cinderella actually did harmony with herself with all the bubbles that go up and just – it's amazing to hear. It's really good. And of course, A Dream is the Wish Your Heart Makes, The Work Song. Lots of fun. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo, which I had to look up how to spell that, too. <laughs> so do about half the people on the Internet that refer to the Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boutique. <laughs> yeah. It is a fun kind of – it's just fun to say. It would almost be a tongue twister, except you don't have to use your tongue too much. But then, of course, I'll let you guys tell us about our next film. Well, you mentioned I Want Songs earlier. We've got the first Disney I Want Song. The original I Want Song. The original, Someday My Prince Will Come. Mm -hmm. From Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And one of my favorites, the Silly Song. I had one of the, the little Disneyland records where you'd have the story on one side of the record and you'd flip it over and it was songs from the, from the movie. Well, those were, again, I'm dating myself terribly, but they were 33 and a third RPM speed. Wow. I like to take the silly song and play it on 45 RPM. So all the dwarves' (laughs) voices sounded really high and fast like this. (laughs) So it became even more of a silly song when I played it. Yeah. I'm going to have to vote for this one just for for that memory. Just for memories. Although, sad, you're having to date yourself. Scott, you need to take this woman out more often. She's dating herself. She's dating herself, yes. My goodness. (laughs) I always get to go where I want. (laughs) I think you have a point there, Scott. I guess you're out. Sorry. (laughs) At least she's not hanging out with Mortis all the time because then she'd come back with a lot of bad things to say about you. You know what Mortis said? Okay. (laughs) Okay, next song. Got the wishing well from also from Snow White and Hi Ho to wrap things up from Snow White. So we've got four four Cinderellas and four Snow Whites. And, and I'm really kind of um, concerned here, Jeremy, about this. The titles, you know, you got you know classic animated movies, but then you know, you got a song here that's from uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. I don't quite understand why that is. Well, I wanted to scare everybody. There, I, I, I had to have a goth band come in, right? Yes. Sure. I mean, I see I've got no strings on here. Yes. But I'm going from Pinocchio, so hopefully it'll oh, be a lot happier. Okay. That version, so, yes. So when you were doing these auditions, was uh, Huey Lewis sitting next to you by chance? <laughs> yeah, he had a bullhorn, and uh, yeah, it was not good. He kept saying everyone was too darn loud. <laughs> yeah, I can't help it. It's, we can play it loud in Neverland, okay? You know, we're on an island. Who are we going to disturb? <laughs> Pirates? <clears throat> Some of them were already disturbed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, also going upon Pinocchio, this... This could just take the whole thing, too. When you wish upon a star. That, I mean, let, let's face it. That is one of those, the epitome of Disney. Everyone was going to think of that song. A third song from Pinocchio, High Diddly D, which, yes, I had to look up that one as well. An actor's life for me. 
Only having three songs for Pinocchio allowed me to cheat just a little bit and add a fifth song for our next film, Peter Pan, which, uh, let's face it, Peter Pan has to have a five-song representation because I, we're I in I can't imagine <laughs> any favoritism going on here. I promise there's no bias. <laughs> but, uh, I'll let you guys read off this list. Oh, do, do you want us to steal your thunder? Oh, you go ahead. This is, this is the Neverland podcast. I will hand you Thor's hammer, thunder away. <laughs> Apparently, we're worthy. <laughs> so, we have, of course, Second Star to the Right. Sung by Captain Kirk. What? <laughs> there's a Captain Kirk version of this? No, there's one of the end. I can't remember which Star Trek movie. I think it's the end of Six, where he, he tells Sulu uh, to oh, go yes. Second Star to the Right and straight on till morning. Love that part. <laughs> I get no- tingles. I'm like, yes. Now I want to hear a Shatner version of Second Star to the Right. <laughs> Oh, but of course he doesn't sing, but he does this great spoken word style. Yes, be second. Awesome. Star. To, to the, the right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I was doing Shatner or Zat Brannigan. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> back to the list. Back to the list. <laughs> we have the elegant Captain Hook. Love it, love it. One of my favorites, Never Smile at a Crocodile. Yes, which I'm wondering how many people have never heard the lyrics to this song. Because in the movie, it's only presented a score. But I have the the old vinyl LP soundtrack of that. And uh, so I got an old vinyl copy of the song. Of course, I also have a digital copy of it as well. But it's a great song when you hear the lyrics. It's very comical. Mm-hmm. The first time I heard the lyrics was on The Muppet Show. And the last two from Peter Pan, we have Your Mother and Mine. Mm-hmm. And... You can fly. You can fly. You can fly. Uh, There's a lot of heavy hitters here. I think it's. I think it's going to come down to just a few votes difference between a lot of these. I personally am rooting for "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo," the silly song, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And let Let's just go with the third uh, nonsense lyrics version. "Hi Diddly Dee," an actor's life for me. Sure. I. I'm I'm leaning towards uh, there, there's two on this list that are, are personal favorites of mine. I love Never Smile at a Crocodile, and I really, really I, I liked. Uh, I got no strings before the Ultron trailer. I do like <laughs> I do like the version that's in the Ultron trailer. I think it's really cool. It's creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. <laughs> but the original I've got no strings is just a great song. I will definitely be rooting for those two. Oh yeah. And well, I say I have a hard time choosing a, a, the biggest song in there from all, but uh, somewhere between the second star to the right and when you wish upon a star, uh, those are always just huge hits for me. So that and the silly song, I do love the silly song. First time I heard that, because really for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, what makes that movie fun for me is definitely the dwarves. Uh, if not for them, that could be a very boring movie to me. <laughs> yes, I'm just surprised that. Um you know, Neverland didn't reach out to one of the other lands of wonder to get anything from Alice. Well, apparently that letter he sent down the rabbit hole never arrived. Well, some people would say she's kind of sleeps. You know, she wasn't really awake for the message. We're not sure if anything she says is real or if she just dreamt the whole thing. Well, maybe she'll show up for my unbirthday. Maybe. Although I, I think there might have been something weird in that tea. It might drive you mad as a hatter. Huh? Okay. 
I, I guess they're just one. late. <laughs> <laughs> of course, late for a very important date, which goes back to that thing of maybe that's why Tracy's dating herself because you're always are you always late for the date? <laughs> I'm planning on taking her out tomorrow night. So, oh yes, got to, got to. <laughs> All right, our next category. And this is, oh my gosh, it's our final category. Pixar. Yeah, for now. Hmm. Some other things may happen, you know. Battle of the Bands were unpredictable. Sometimes a band comes flying in here that uh, I didn't expect, you know. All those those messages you sent out and didn't get returns in, maybe people show up late. Yeah, you never know what can happen. Let's face it, the rock and roll lifestyle is not always conducive to being on time. Yeah, sometimes bands break up, they fire members and, and get new members. And Of course, these bands even, haven't even been formed yet. We have to get four of them to show up from each of these categories, which is why you have to come and vote. So we can get these bands put together. But Pixar is our final category. And boy, I was, I was kind of surprised when I started thinking about sending out the invites. Of there's, there's great songs in Pixar movies. But there's not a lot of them because they're not really musicals. There's a lot of great scores. Great scoring. Fewer songs that you can sing along with. Well, there's a small um, subset of, I mean, I mean, a small number of Pixar movies to begin with. And then a few of them you take off the list right away, such as The Incredibles, because there is no lyrical songs at all in that film. Right, but such a great score. Oh, the score is awesome. Yeah. But, of course, we have to go right... Well, you know, of course, I've got these in a kind of a crazy order. So I tell you what, I'll read the first one. You, re- you know, one of you can read the next one and the next one, and we'll just go it in threes. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I was putting this in I was, as I was thinking of them, so they're not necessarily grouped when people come to vote here. But uh, top of the, the first thing, the course, came into my head from Toy Story. You've got a friend in me. Just a great now, one. Now, question I have about this one, is it the song as itself, or is it the, the actual version from Toy Story? Because, personally, the, the version from Toy Story 2 by Robert Goulet yeah. is my favorite version of the song. Yeah, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to end up entering the same song more than once, but uh, so I went from this, the Toy Story where the song was first introduced to us. Okay. Uh, because really, also in Toy Stories 2, you also have Tom Hanks singing it as well. Yep. And then, uh, then it shows up in Toy Story 3 by uh, the Gypsy Kings. Yeah, doing it in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that, that is like the epitome of songs. So I could have done it from any one of those movies, but I thought, you know what? We'll just go ahead and pick it from the original. So just to try to make it easy on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the next song in the list is probably going to be one of my favorites I'll be voting for several times, and that's Strange Things. Great song. I'm reading the next one, and I'm already tearing up because it's Sarah McLaughlin. (laughs) 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 And just the thought of Sarah McLaughlin makes me, brings tears to my eyes. But you uh, start thinking of puppies being abused. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But When She Loved Me from Toy Story 2. Awesome, awesome song. Yeah, and really the surprise in that movie to suddenly just get that emotional tug right there. That that's just, more than a tug. That's, that's a, a sucker punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a, I'll, oh my yeah. God, hand me the Kleenex. Yes, but it it's, really it's, gets you. It's yeah. Pixar's second best 
sucker punch. Yeah, and it yeah. really makes Jesse a, a big character, and he, suddenly now you, Jesse is like a favorite character. Yep. That just really summed it up for you, and really, and it made you think about all the toys that you'd had before, you know? And you want to apologize to each and every one of them. Yeah, it's like, but, you know, it wasn't my fault my mom sold them all in garage sales, which I do appreciate when you see in the movie, it starts with that garage sale, because it does make you think about it later, yep. you know? Really, it's such a well done movie. Really, uh, I mean, as much as I love Toy Story, I gotta say, Toy Story Two might just be a superior movie. It's really, it's really close. But don't make me choose. Don't make me choose between yeah. those three films. I, I, I couldn't choose from the three of them. So yeah, they're just such a great one, and there's such high expectation now to do a four that it scares me. But I'm like, you know what? I would, I would love to have another Toy Story movie that could, I could absolutely adore. It just frightens me that like, don't, don't overdo it because you might not get it right one time, and then it's just gonna break my heart. So, yeah. which is just now healed from listening to when she loved me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we well, have that, to have a fun song. Yes. Yeah, so Woody's roundup from Toy Story to the theme song from his television show. Yeah, and the uh, golly, I had I, I don't know if I could necessarily pick a complete version of it. The only one I could really find for a preview is by uh, what was the name of the group? Riders in the Sky. Riders in the Sky. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a very fun version. I and I can't remember if that's the. One, I think it's only in the credits. I don't think that's the version they use when they're actually uh, watching it on the show. Uh, I'll have to go back and watch it again just to see. Oh darn! Have to watch it again. Oh darn it! Yes, golly, you gotta go watch a Disney movie and a Pixar one at that. <sighs> and then from Toy Story three, we have "We Belong Together." That another, was a great one. That was another, one. The, there's a couple of these, by the way. When I did a search for just by title, sometimes it would pop up exactly what I wanted. Sometimes it would get a bunch of different songs. "We Belong Together" is a very overused title, apparently. <laughs> and also for those of us that might be VeggieTales fans, when you start searching for the silly song, expect a whole lot of VeggieTales things to pop up because they have a silly song in every one of their videos. So <laughs> I did manage to find the actual silly song from, <laughs> from the Seven Dwarfs. But for anyone who knows what I'm talking about with VeggieTales, if you like them, then you'll know what I'm talking about with silly songs. So, But where in the world is my hairbrush? See if you watch me to tell us you got that. If not, you have no idea where I'm looking for a hairbrush. Anyway. And I've never been to Boston in the fall. Exactly. <laughs> and, and what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already has a comb? Oh, wait a minute. That- um, <laughs> Different love, silly song. Yeah, love, love and understanding. And understanding. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Thank you, Thank you John Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so next song. All right. You, you knew he's in that song, didn't you? Bon Jovi. I don't know. It was just funny to bring up Bon Jovi. I thought that was he. He's actually singing part of that song. Whole Star Wars Christmas album. He's one yeah, of the go, featured it, singers. He's under his. He's under his uh, real bon, name, which is Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Holy cow! Because <laughs> I forgot you, what we were talking about. Listen carefully. Wow. Yeah. You if you tell. listen carefully, you can tell that that's John Bon Jovi singing. He's young, but he's definitely that's definitely him. Okay, my blo- my mind is completely blown now. Somebody read the next song on the list. <laughs> if oh. I didn't have you from Monsters Inc. Great song, very vaudeville. I love it. Yes. Yes, another That's, great buddy song. And it's a song that I will definitely be voting for over and over again. As much as I love the Toy Story music, this song has a special place in my heart. So, and somewhere there's got to be a video of you two singing this together. 
Yes, we've done this one as karaoke, and it's, it was a lot of fun, and we got a lot of cheers for it, too. <laughs> you know what? Disney Indiana needs a karaoke club. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just let the listeners try to figure out which one of us was Sully and which one of us was Mike. <laughs> well, I'm sure it wasn't Mortis. No, he was nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, probably. Okay, and I'll just go ahead and read the next one. But uh, this one, uh, it's the only song from A Bug's Life, but it's a great one. Time of Your Life. Great little song, and it's it's a great song that I love the fact that it really kind of tells the story of the movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it sums it up nicely. It's a great little song. And speaking of songs that tell the story of the movie, we have Our Town. And anybody, anybody from a small town is going to love this song. If you grew up in a tiny town. Especially a tourist town. Yeah. Our town is great. That's another one of those, I hope you brought your tissues. <laughs> oh, and the next one. Yeah, oh boy, this song got me too. <laughs> I will go sailing no more from Toy Story. Yeah, and uh, golly, I w- uh, the uh, preview I have found that you can find on the website is directly from the movie. But for anyone who has either the soundtrack or they have these Pixar releases, there's like a, at least one more verse that's really good in that song. It's a lot longer and just – but every time I hear some of the, the scoring that's kind of in the middle of it, I can just kind of see the whole thing where Buzz gets up on there and makes his leap and then suddenly falls. It just – it's a heartbreaking thing because you know, that's the thing. Actually, I, I like Buzz Lightyear better when he's delusional because it's just hilarious. So he's still fun when he's when he realizes, okay, I'm a toy. But hey, that's an awesome thing that I'm a toy. But you know, while he was delusional, I I, I, I roll every time. I, I I like that, and I also like when he's at Sid's tea party. He's at <laughs> sister's tea completely party. delusional. <laughs> I am Mrs. Nesbit. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so. so we go from the very first Pixar film to one of the more recent Pixar films, mm-hmm. Brave, Into the Open Air. Yep, which I had, because I'm not a, I like Brave, but I'm not a big fan of it. I had to go and, and watch the video of this one to realize when that song actually pops up in the movie. Wally has a, such a great score and a lot of great music in there, and actually a lot of songs with lyrics, but they're not original. But I had to go with Peter Gabriel's Down to Earth at the end credits there. Had to invite that song. That is a really great song. And didn't that win the Oscar that year? I believe it did. I, yeah, Oscar or Grammy, possibly. Probably both. Who knows? It's just great. <laughs> now I'm going to see which one of you can maybe pronounce this properly. And I'm, I'm thinking this song is an original that's next on the list because I'm not familiar with it in any other fashion. I believe it's Le Faston from Ratatouille. Very well done. It was convincing sounding French. <laughs> I, I took one year of French in high school. There we go. I can fake it with the best of them. Awesome. <laughs> I actually learned what uh, Le Faston meant when I was searching for it because it's the feast. And there's a lot of other songs that actually that popped up and I had to figure out, okay, well, where's the Ratatouille version here of, you know. <laughs> And we were t- just talking about Cars 2, so our next one is Collision of Worlds. Which, which is, is a fun song where they uh, compare different sayings and phrases between the UK and the US. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch Cars 2 again because I completely I don't remember this one. It's been a while. It's been a very long time since I watched it. I think it's used in a montage scene. 
probably is. Mm-hmm. But speaking of songs from Cars, Real, Real Dawn. Yeah, love this song. This is this is a perfect song for Cars. Yeah, and it. it it's interesting because you listen and you almost think it's kind of a given a description of Lightning McQueen from uh, like almost a negative thing of telling him to hey kind of you need to slow down and and, and enjoy and look at life because you're just running the fast lane you're not really making any real friends or anything but yet it's also in some of the verses has that Lightning McQueen attitude of like hey I am the stuff you know mm-hmm. it's, it's- I'll jump in we've got from Monsters Inc the musical portion of the show put that thing back where it came from <laughs> and she's out of our hair yeah so we actually pulled two songs from there because those were those were the two major ones uh, i think that were in their musical and uh, the funny thing is uh i remember when they when they first released it you know it uh it had i think it had a no the blooper reel wasn't even on there but then they they uh after it had been out for like a week or two they added the blooper reel Mm-hmm. And also, then they added a teaser trailer for Star Wars Episode Two, and so Heather and I were like, "We gotta go see it again!" Just for the, we wanted to see the teaser, and we had to see the blooper reel, and we were pleasantly surprised to see them flesh out the musical that's, that's jokingly mentioned in the movie. It's just just awesome, and you get to meet Mike's mom. <laughs> She's there to see the musical. It's great. Yes. Which is kind of surprising in Monsters University that you don't get to see his mom at any point. You would think, you know, when he was a little kid, at some point they would have found a way to get his, maybe his mom would be seeing him onto the bus or something. Of all these Pixar ones, what what is your, your top picks? What do you think is going to be the, the big contenders here? Oh, you've got a friend of me, I think, is going to be, is going to go a long way, um, along with when she loved me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going for if I didn't have you, and well, that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, that's what I'm rooting <laughs> for too. But I think that'll go far too because a lot of people know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would actually love to see put that thing back where it came from, suddenly rise <laughs> from the ashes, and be like, "Yes, that is a legitimate Pixar song." <laughs> so I'd love to see that jump in there. But the ones that I, that that would be like the predict what I would predict is going to be the big ones. Is probably yeah. You've got a friend in me when she loved me, or if I didn't have you. So one of those three, I think, is going to be just huge. Uh, it, even perhaps though, you know, into the or not into the open, but down to earth. I meant that one could possibly be huge because it is really good. So I wouldn't be surprised if that one didn't jump in there. Although what might surprise me is the ones you know, the stuff I don't expect, like Le Festine. I probably butchered that one, didn't I? Uh, and Into the Open Air, those could be surprise ones to me that might just jump out there and be like a favorite of some people. You guys have anything that you think might surprise you? Those were the two that that I would be surprised. That I was le- least familiar with. And yeah. I, I would also be surprised if any of the Cars songs uh, go go very far because I know, uh, unfortunately, we're in the minority Um Usually the Cars films are near the bottom of people's top Pixar films. Yeah. And it's not one of their best, but it's still a lot of fun. Oh, I love the film. Yeah, I think I think especially the first one. I mean the the second one's a lot of fun, but that yeah. first one is just I just you know, I I didn't grow up in a tourist town, but I grew up in a small town and I just like that whole feel of of the you know, the big city uh race car in the in the small town yeah and such great characters yeah then you you hit that moments like our town and that's when you have that pixar sucker punch 
mm-hmm. where you're just like, oh man, now because now you're invested. And you're now you're like, now we have a goal that we want to see. We're not we're not just wanting to see Lightning McQueen win that big race. We're wanting to see something happen big in this town. We want to see this town come back from the edge. Yes, and uh, golly, that's I need to get my boat over there to Disneyland. I definitely want to see there when they turn the lights on over there in Cars. Oh, it's amazing! It is absolutely amazing. All the neon is just gorgeous because it looks great in the movie. I that's that's one of the best scenes in the movie when they kick all the power on and they're going down the new stretch of road and. Uh, seeing that town coming back to life that is such a great scene and uh golly i i don't know i might tear up if i ever get to Disneyland and i'm there and they start playing shaboom and the lights come on i might be like oh so <laughs> yeah last uh, last year's friends of the magic tracy and i danced right in the middle of the road when they did that so i'd probably do it too and then heather would give me weird looks when i grab her like oh what are you gonna make me do out in the middle of this <laughs> so well, yeah if heather won't dance with you i bet jesse will <laughs> that might look a little weird, but <laughs> he did last year. It was him and uh, Brian, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! But those are our current contenders for each four categories. Uh, and to repeat how this is work, all of you need to come out here to poll.neverlandpodcast.com. And if you can't remember that, if you go to neverlandpodcast.com, it's on the far right. You'll see the word poll, P-O-L-L. You click that, it'll take you right to the current standings, the current voting. Uh, you pick four from each category. After you've chosen four, there's a button that says vote. Make sure you hit that so it actually counts the votes. Uh, you should hopefully be able to vote like every five minutes. I think I did time it out that way. Uh, so you can keep coming back and keep voting for your favorite songs. And you can vote for different songs. Like if one day you feel like these four from this group and the next day you feel like, you know what, but I really like these ones too and I'd like to see these go. After the end of this, May 31st, I will be counting up all these votes. The four top from each category will be the official band and I'll come up with some fun band names by then for each band. And then we'll see what happens when these bands start taking each other on. Alright, a big thank you to Scott and Tracy of Disney Indiana for coming along the show with me this week to help announce this. Uh, also, be listening for next week when they join me again and we will be discussing the Song of the South with them and also Mortis came along for that ride. So if you don't know who Mortis is, this is your chance to find out. Uh, but definitely go check out Disneyana, DisneyIndiana.com. They are, are on iTunes and on Stitchers and Stitchers. <laughs> and they're also coming up on their sixth year anniversary so congratulations to them they're going to be planning an event i guess over the summer so be listening for that and they're always fun whenever they come here to neverland uh, so definitely big thanks for tracy and scott from disney indiana for coming along and also a huge thank you to steve swanson of muppet cast that is muppetcast.com also on itunes and stitcher uh, he really helped me out with uh, getting the polls set up to where i could have this voting set up <laughs> so it took some doing but once again, I'm going to remind you to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that positive and good attitude you need to keep with you. That way you can sprinkle some pixie dust on those around you. Till I see you all next week, God bless.
Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on twitter.com slash neverlandpodcast and facebook.com slash neverlandpodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright blue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyrighted their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license.